what I think makes TikTok really impactful is the fact that people can use those videos to really shift culture. Because, you know, like people are using it to drive music trends, people are using it to drive politics. So what kind of advice would you give to a student who's trying to get their first job, an internship in the media industry or something similar to what you've done? So I would, um, so there's a few things that I would do, which I wish people told me about when I was younger. I think the first thing is like really identify the types of places you want to work and just start reaching out to them on LinkedIn. Like no one's going to be rude to you. No one's going to ignore you. Like they might be too busy or something, but like, you know, if you message 10 people, you might get one who would respond and that could potentially be your gateway into your dream company. So I think, um, and, and when you send those messages, make sure you're really clear and concise about what you're after. And um, because, you know, a lot of people don't have time. So you don't want to kind of do it over three or four messages. Just go in, intro yourself and ask them if they can help you with something or if like, if, you know, and then tell them why you would be right for the job or why you would be beneficial to that business. Um, the other thing is, um, try, I guess, try different things. Like once I got into MTV, I was in a job that I knew I didn't want to be in forever. Um, but I also knew that there were so many different areas I wanted to explore. I just volunteered. Like whenever there were events, I would ask to see if I could help. Um, and I really tried to, A, it allows you to kind of get to know people in other departments better, um, which is like really instrumental in terms of um, building relationships and like getting advocates within the business and and two it, it allows you to kind of like really understand what different departments do and what i guess kind of matches your skill set and then once you figure out what department or what role you want then just kind of like go for it like i don't think it's enough to just apply for things and say that you want to move i think it needed to be a lot deeper especially in really competitive industries like media music and um so let's talk about the industry for a second. How has the media industry changed with technology, with digital, social, all the stuff? What's the future with streaming? I mean, streaming is a really big, big deal now. I mean, what's the future? I think well, the biggest change is like everything is digital, everything is social. So it used to be that people used to, um, you know, segment digital from like um, offline marketing. There was a big period at, where I was going around to conferences telling people to include purpose in their marketing because you need to connect with audiences on a deeper level. And I think now it's probably gone too far in the sense that like a lot of brands are trying to align with causes, but they don't genuinely or authentically um, either believe them or making impact around those things. Um, they just and it's so easy it. to see through as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so I'd probably say the biggest shifts are the complete um, transformation into digital, and then kind of like brands kind of really trying to align with purpose, but maybe not necessarily in the right way. Let's talk about TikTok. I've spoken to a few people about it. Some people say it's achia. Some people say niche niche. What's your opinion on TikTok, and do you think it's here to stay or not? I think. So I I actually really like what's happening on TikTok. Hey yo, my best friend's rich check. Oh. 
make it look easy, but they don't know what it takes. But I don't think any brand or even TikTok know what to do with it. I think TikTok's marketing is really quite cheesy. Ayo. I think it does its platform a massive disservice. What I think makes TikTok really impactful is the fact that people can use those videos to really shift culture. Because, you know, like people are using it to drive music trends. People are using it to drive politics. Like We're looking at TikTok. We may be banning TikTok. We may be doing some other things or a couple of options. Like you see the impact, like the right kind of um, message or engagement with people can basically shift like a political campaign. There's so many things that you could do with that platform beyond kind of videos that dance. So I think while dancing teenagers and all that stuff is fun and it's a part of the platform, I don't think that's where its power lies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have seen that it has changed quite a lot. I've been on it for about a year and I am seeing like more value coming through as opposed to just people dancing. Let's talk about your new venture, Studio 55. It's in partnership with ITV, uh, or potentially. And tell us about it. What is it? What's your vision? And how did it come about? ITV were looking for people to come up with the next generation media ideas with Gen Z and Gen Y. I had an idea in my head already, so I put it down into a pitch. I submitted the pitch, made it into the top six, and now I'm in the top four. So I have a 50% chance of getting the business funded. And the business that I'm creating is a new generation media business for Gen Z that is built around making wellness culturally relevant. Um, and basically, what if, I guess the idea is like, what if wellness was marketed and consumed the way music and fashion is? So basically, how do you make wellness cool and not, you know, woo-woo and not for middle-aged women and not cheesy and weird. Um, and basically building a marketplace to support that. So creating a sustainable uh, media brand that's going to drive culture and hopefully help a lot of people um, deal with things like anxiety and stress. You work a lot with Gen Z and Gen Y, as you just said. How can bigger companies, companies that have been around for a while, connect with younger audiences? I mean, what do young people look for and what do they want out of a brand? I think the biggest thing with younger audiences is I maybe the idea of the tribe has kind of evolved. So I think traditionally in the old days, people would be aligned on maybe a specific music genre or a specific um, niche, like, a, like, you know, they're a goth or whatever, whatever. I think nowadays um, young people connect based on shared beliefs and shared passion points. Um, so I think it's a lot more fluid. So, you know, you could go to a boiler room and see a bunch of people wearing like Marilyn Manson t-shirts, even though it's, a, you know, a deep house event or whatever. Like, I think, I think, I think people are just a lot more fluid in terms of their taste. And, and I think, um, yeah, I, I think I think you can, and that means that um, brands can be a lot more fluid in terms of how they um, connect to the audiences. I also think the big thing is um, they need to stop being so condescending to um, young people. I think they I think they think that like if they use a certain font and a certain color and they create videos that look like they've been on TikTok, that then all of a sudden it's going to resonate. But the reality is like they're not a monolith. Like 
not every Gen Z or Gen Y only communicates by that format. You can basically do a lot of different things. Um, you can use deep storytelling. You can create high production videos. I just think that everybody like likes to, they like to kind of like find something and kind of just stick to it or like latch onto it. And then all of a sudden everything is exactly the same. And I think that's, um, and I think that's something that, I don't know. I don't think it resonates with Gen Z. What do you think? Like I said earlier, it's super easy for people my age, I'm 22, to see through this sort of stuff. So it's just, it's really damaging to their brand, actually. Yeah, they're, they're almost better off not doing anything, right? Yeah, I mean, just be honest, right? So what do you think is going to be the future for traditional TV? I mean, companies like the BBC and, and you know, those major broadcasters, a lot of people my age don't even watch TV. They're moving over to streaming, to Netflix, to Amazon Prime. Uh, what's going to be the future there? And how are they going to connect with younger people? Totally. I think, well, I think that's what they're trying to figure out. So I, the business that I pitched is almost like a vice e-commerce hybrid. And the reason I've done it that way is because a company like vice can't exist today anymore because the advertising revenues just aren't big enough to support that type of ecosystem. Um, so I think maybe for ITV, you know, I think they will end up doubling down and investing on um, kind of like a streaming platform. Like they already have the ITV hub. So it's like, how do they make that kind of like more relevant to young people so that they kind of like consume the way they consume Netflix, the way they can also consume ITV. And I think there's so many streaming platforms out there. You really need to have um, strong commissions and like really good headline shows that kind of like bring people in. Like, Could you give us a snapshot of your career? Like you've worked at some awesome companies, Lad Bible, Boiler Room, uh, Vice Media. How did you get those jobs and what did you have to do there? You just moved to England. Like what was going through your mind? At the time I was like, I, my next place is I want to work for Vice in the UK. Came to the UK, worked a bunch of freelance stuff, ended up at MTV. And, um, and then eventually... I, about a month before my visa ended, I got a job at Vice um, working in marketing because I was also heading up marketing for ID. So to be able to work for like a really iconic cultural fashion brand was like really massive for me. At the time, Vice was just about to really explode. So our ambition was to double audiences uh, and to basically make it like the next MTV, the next Viacom, which I guess it has kind of become. There was definitely a ceiling on where I could progress. And I was at the same time, I was headhunted by Lad Bible. I told them that I would be interested in the role if I could basically use their audience and build their brand by shifting them into a platform for social change. The biggest campaign I did at Lad Bible um, was called the Trash Isles. Um, that's where we lobbied the United Nations to turn the plastic in the ocean into a country, because as a country, it, it um, as a country, it means that all the other nations need to do something about it. Um, and it was a campaign that really brought plastic in the ocean into the mainstream and drove credibility around Lab Bible as a brand. Like we ended up winning about sixty-five awards for that campaign, including like twelve Khan Lions and. To be honest, it's probably going to be the most impactful campaign that I would ever do in my career. Like we reached 350 million people, but more importantly, because of our platform and our reach, all the other news outlets started covering the topic as well. And then all of a sudden people started banning plastic straws and 
all these other things. So it was something that re- made real impact. How does it actually feel when you make a campaign that has such a huge impact and you reach 300 plus million people and you walk outside the next day and you actually see people like implementing what you've been preaching in your campaign? How does it actually feel? It feels, it feels surreal, but it also, for me, it's always made me feel like I need to trust my instincts because I think, especially when you're kind of like starting out in the industry, a lot of the times you don't think you know what you're talking about. So you know, you dull your instincts and you just kind of like follow other people's advice. But at some point that shifts. Um, So I think when something happens and it becomes that successful, you feel validated. And then you're also reminded, it's like when people tell you that that's not going to work or when people say that, you know, like that's not really the way people are going to perceive this or whatever. If you know what you're talking about and you've done your research or you have a track record of your instincts kind of like being right, you should follow it. And I think that's what I do now. Like I 100% follow my instincts. Let's do a quick get to know me round. What's your favorite movie? I can't even remember what the best movie I've seen in the last year is actually. Yeah, let's just go with Dark Knight and Fight Club for now. Awesome. What's your favorite hobby? Um, I'm really into wellness at the moment. I spend a lot of time exercising. I swim a lot. Yeah, I I, I guess I'm just, I'm trying to um, create that balance. Really, really important to keep a balance, especially during lockdown. So yeah, thank you so much, Stephen. I really, really appreciate it. No worries. Great chatting to you, man. Yeah, you too. See you, man. And good luck with the new Studio 55 Ventures. No worries. Thank you, man. A huge thank you to my guest, Stephen Mike, for joining me here on the Founders House podcast. If you like the sound of my voice, please go and smash the review button because reviews are the number one way that you can help our podcast get discovered. Join me next week with Andre Jones, a social media and marketing whiz at CBS. I'm your host, Milan Earhart. I'll see you next time.